0: Welcome to Retirementals, a podcast that dives headfirst into the issues facing the financial sector at the intersection of investment, technology, and financial advice. Hosted by Abraham Okasanya, you can expect raw honesty, critical analysis, and energetic interviews. Here is your host,
1: Abraham Okasanya. Hello, and welcome to Retirementals. I'm Abraham Okasanya, and I am really excited about my guest today. Steve Rowe is a Chartered Financial Planner and the Managing Director of Lucent Financial Planning, a firm he set up in 2009. Cast your mind back to 2009. This is, uh, you know, the death of the financial crisis and Steve decided that the right thing to do was to set up a financial planning business. Fast forward, um, you know, 12 odd years, Steve now looks after an incredible team, uh, well over a hundred million of assets. And I am really excited about our conversation today. Steve, welcome to Retirementals. Thanks for having me Abraham, great to be here. So for our audience, mostly financial planners, people um, in, in the profession, give us a background um, you know, how you got into the profession?
2: Um, I think like most people, we I fell into it. So I was in my 20s and I was loafing about, drifting. And then I decided to leave my uh, dodgy administrative job and I got um, a new role as an administrator at a national life office in the sales support team. And then being a bit outspoken, I might have been um, denigrating the skills of some of of the advisors there, overheard. (laughs) I got overheard by the divisional manager, and he said, do you think you can do any better? I was like, well, yeah, I do. And he said, well, you've got to to pass your exam, son. He's in a very sort of stiff Scottish accent. I said, well, okay, I'll do him. And uh, I gather afterwards, he thought they'd take me two or three years. So I did them in three months, and then he said, I said, look, I've got my exams, I can do this. And he said, "Oh, yeah, you can, lad. And then, at that point he gave me a job. And then I became a financial consultant for them. And then kind of took it from there, really.
1: Wow, incredible story. Uh, So give us a sense of Lucent today. Tell us about the firm. Tell us about the the team, the client. Give us a sense of the business today.
2: Um, So there's 10 of us all in all. Um, We concentrate on, I guess, people around in their 50s, um, looking forward, getting excited about retirement. We're really keen to help people make that transition. Um, And people that want to live life and are sociable, want to have fun and have got ideas, they're buzzy and creative. That's the type of people that work with us. So I'd say there's 10 of us, um, predominantly female, um, which is quite unusual. I think um, there's seven women here who are all brilliant. And I'd say I've just got such a cracking team that. I love them all to bits, and um, we work really well together. And it's just kind of that's what keeps me going through the a lot of the drudge that you have to
1: get through in financial services. Indeed, indeed. So, so give us a give, give us some metrics. I know every financial planner I speak to don't like talking about this metric. They say, you know, when I say AUM, they say Abraham. Hey, we don't talk about money. <laughs> but i want to talk about it so you can blame me give, give us a give us the usual metrics just to get a sense of the business and um, what do you mean
2: is in total or yes please mm-hmm. well it, this is hard because i don't actually look at it that much But I think if you asked, gave me a name of one of my clients, I could probably just off the top of my head tell you exactly what they've got. But I don't deal with it as a whole. I think it's over 110 million that we manage of our clients we look after. We've got just over 200 households um, that we deal with mainly in the Birmingham area and a little in the southeast. Um, Yeah, and as I say, we're not We're not the advisor that you want to see if you want a a stiff corporate conversation about graphs and stuff like that. But if you want to see how you can get get a bit of excitement and use money for what it's for, which is spending and having fun with, then that's what
1: what we're best at, I'd say. So tell me about the, the team. Are they all... Uh, Are you all financial advisors? No, how many advisors, support team, or paraplanner? How how, how does the team stack up?
2: So there's me, I'm still advising. We've got two other um, financial advisors, one chartered one on the way to be in, hopefully this year, um, if they get the right result. Um, And then we've got two paraplanners that are both training to be um, financial advisors. And hope to get them doing that in the next 12 months. Um, and then other people, so there we've got an operations director and support staff, and our events manager, who is essentially entertainment for the clients. Um, so, yeah, so spent a lot of time I have in the last four years taking people that weren't. Um, have ever advised for and training them up trying to be great advisors but they in order to do that they have to have the heart already so they've got that they really care about people and I'm just getting them there in talking about numbers and how to convert that into human
1: speak great so take me back to you know the journey that led to you founding the firm in, in 2009 you know what what was the set of circumstances before uh, setting up lucent and what was going through your mind as you were doing that um, well i'd
2: i've been at the national life insurer for a while and um I, what i really despised is how i knew that the clients in front of me could do something better elsewhere <clears throat> on some occasions. And I really wanted to get more involved um, with an independent company and a smaller one where you're closer to to the client rather than seeing people once and then that's kind of it. So I left to join a small firm and I pointed this out at the interview. I really wanted to work for a smaller firm. So four days into my induction week, they announced they'd been taken over. (laughs) 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 And I thought, oh, my my notice period was only a month. They must have have been all in the last fortnight that that got sorted out. Um, So I stayed there for a year. And you know, it just wasn't working out. I couldn't do it how they wanted. I didn't want to do it how they wanted. Which is, you know, that's your insides, isn't it? Telling you, this isn't you. This isn't you, Steve. So then I had a bit of a head down. Is this me? Am I ever going to be good at this? Am I terrible? You know, what am I going to do? Because I was 30 then, 31. Um, Where am I going to go? And then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. And then I don't have to explain myself why I'm doing certain things. Don't have to get ridiculous looks saying, Steve, what are you possibly thinking? <laughs> and, then get a crack. and that's, you know, I still get those looks to these days. To this day, i get them off my, uh, all the people that work here. Um, but I think I am very good at thinking about situations differently. And, you know, I am annoying <laughs> to a lot of people and they won't like how I do it. And I told someone I was going on the famous Abraham podcast, last and they said, Steve, you're a very quirky individual, you need to be careful what you say, <laughs> <laughs> which has just put the fear in God of God to me all week. So that's what I decided Thought I'm going to do this. I'm going to give it a crack. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to do a different career. But I did believe I could do it. And I really wanted to help people. And I think that's where it starts. And that's what I look for, for the trainee advisors that join us here. It's all about that, having a good
1: heart. So in 2009, the world was in a very weird place, in a very bad place economically that didn't cross your mind as you were setting up the firm at at the time no
2: i thought this is a massively good idea because (laughs) everything's so low (laughs) and uh, in value and i thought lots of people that have advisors already if ever you're going to seek out one it's when you've seen your portfolio shrink 20 plus percent so I thought you know, I thought it was a really good time to start. But I will say at the same time as I'm saying that, my father said exactly the same as you did then. <laughs> what are you thinking? You'll lose your house. And I thought, oh yeah, I might I might. But I might get a bigger one, you know. <laughs> you know. Um so yeah, so I just thought I could I'll try it and I'll get a job if it doesn't work out. But I still haven't got a job. It's thirteen years later, nearly.
1: Yeah, so doing all right. I mean, doing really well. You know, a hundred million. Uh, you know, with essentially, I don't want to use the phrase two and a half advisors. I, you know, like two two advisors and then the support team. That's actually really, really good numbers. A lot, you know, compared to compared to what 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 we see. I I don't know if you if you benchmark in this way at all, no?
2: No, well, I only found out when um, when someone told me the <laughs> week, when I met them at the award ceremony. Um, so I don't really think about it at all. It doesn't really cross my mind. I'm marginally aware, but I would really look at it. I'll just keep myself to myself really. And I think that's probably how I've developed quite a um, an idiosyncratic
1: style try saying that on a podcast <laughs> idiosyncratic. so so when you think about um you know the typical household so you mentioned you know 200 households 100 million i mean you can do these numbers um you know on your head in terms of again you know average assets that sort of thing but how do you think about your? Is there is there a typical client? Is there a niche? Is there um, anything in particular that drives this client towards you, or 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 drives you towards them? how, how do you think about that?
2: So I wouldn't say we've got a, a niche in term. So often you see niches in in terms of like an occupation, say so dentists or doctors, something like that. I think we do have a niche in terms of the character of the client that we attract, that I will get on with. And they are they are open to new things, sociable, excited about change rather than perhaps fearing it, mm. um, and really want to um, seize the day. Um, so to speak, and grab life by the proverbials and give it a real good crack. And that is definitely why I work best with those people. Definitely what seems to be attracted to, to us and we're just trying to help them maximize what they can do, not in money, but in experience and life. And we'll help them do
1: that as much as possible. Now, a word from our sponsor. Nikki Hitting Jones is the Managing Director and the Chief Investment Officer at Betafolio, the high-tech, low-cost, discretionary model portfolio manager. Typical model portfolio service costs about 36 basis points. That's in addition to the funds, the platform, you know, the advice fees. Tell us a bit about Betafolio's view and approach On fees
0: well I don't think anyone that knows us already Abraham would be surprised to hear me say that in a nutshell NPS fees are too high Um, if you include the fund charges and the platform fee that you already talked about we get close to 1% I think on average for a lot of retail clients and that's before they start paying for the financial plan which is the part of the service that will ultimately add the most value for them in their advisor relationship and experience. Um, So, I mean, my view on fees, and Bitafelia's view on fees, is that they have a real impact on client outcomes that needs attention. Um, And that's why we're building a scalable solution with technology that will allow us to keep costs low. And I think we also should consider the impact of these fees on advisors' businesses too advisors need to to make a profit from from their work they need to have a viable business and their cost bases have been rising because of regulation and the the more cost they have to pass through to their clients for overcomplicated services in in turn puts pressure on the advisor's own fees and and ultimately makes it not possible for them to to run a, a good business so fees are really crucial um, and I'm really happy that we're in a position to be having a positive influence on the the trends in the market.
1: Good stuff, thank you, nikki so talk to me about how those clients find you do you you know do you take a you know do you take on many clients um you know say let's say in the last twelve months, for instance. You know, do you take on many clients? How do they find you? You know, do you do any marketing? How do do these clients find you?
2: We probably take on two or three new clients a month. I've been taking on less, I'm pretty pretty much full. Um, But the other advisors in the team, they're obviously a lot younger than me. Um, They're still open for taking on clients um we do we do some marketing i think mostly how we get clients is through the events we do where people bring bring along friends so these events we do some traditional like seminars like what to do and in retirement investment seminars that kind of thing but by and large we've got a number of of clubs that we offer so we have for example a walking club so each month we go for a walk with a load of our clients and then they can bring people along. and then just through that chatting we tend to get referrals we have what is a euphemistically called the lucent boozing club where we go out <laughs> <and> try different <laughs> different types of events like real ale night, gin night. We did wine and curry last last year. Um, And we just have this open thing like if you're worried about a friend or a family member, we're going to help them because we're worried that you're worrying. don't want you to worry. So let's get them in. If we can help, great. If we can't, it doesn't matter. They can have a gin on us or a walk if you're more wholesome. Um, So that's what we how we aim to meet people and that's part of our whole sort of ethos we talk about lifestyle planning we're going to help you do that as well and that's the, the funniest bit for us getting out and about with our clients and realizing by speaking with them what they really like what they really love to do because you can't just you can't get that in a meeting when you have to go through an attitude to risk
1: questionnaire that That is the idea of events, right? Not not the, tra- I mean, you do the traditional, you know, as you say, seminars, you know, all that good stuff. But the idea of, say, walking events or, you know, <laughs> like a, like a boozing events, that's actually quite unique, right? I, and I have only ever heard one other advisor in in the u.s talk about this um you know where they they go on kind of these um adventures with their clients they might take three days and go skiing or whatever somewhere so talk to me about about this idea of you know doing things that aren't seminar doing events that aren't seminar how do you organize this? Do you just invite everyone and ask them to all bring their friends? Give us a little bit more around around that, please.
2: Well, I think with any um, advice practice, you'll have groups of people just through referral that know each other. Um, is, so we've just identified within all our clients, groups of friends, if you like. So, for Example last month, two or three weeks ago, we had a pub quiz night. Um, for a group that worked for a ooh, ooh, well, they don't work anymore because I retired them, <laughs> but they used to work, <laughs> they used to work for a um, all for the same company. So we have 30 or 40 people there. Nice, and we did a pub quiz, you know, it's, and it's great fun, really. And they bring, I go, coming along. Um, and meet Steve or whoever um, within our business to their, to their friends that they know are thinking about something. Um, so it all, I didn't start this as a as a deliberate thing but I'd notice over time how if I did a Christmas party or something, I'd end up with an extra client in January just because it kind of happened naturally. And then after a while, once you've retired so many people, you start getting the this, this sense um, when they're talking with you that some people are just struggling a bit with that change from work, 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 work to Monday morning where you've got nothing. Right. And I thought, I can help here because all our clients are similar. Going back to the personality they have, what they want to do. We'll get them together they're probably going to like each other because if you like me <laughs> you're probably going to be similar people and then if you start doing that that will make him give them something to do which is not like they're all lonely or anything but it'll give them something to do on a wednesday say when nothing really happens does it you know um and if all your friends haven't retired you haven't got anyone to play with so what, what I'm essentially saying is putting my hand up and going, hey, come play with us. We're all similar. You're all in a similar situation. Let's go and have a good time and let's see what what we can do instead. And that's what I'm, I'm building because I think this is like money isn't the issue. It's really easy. Um, it's really easy to sort out. But that transition, so you have a nice actual life when you do stop working after all that years, all those years of graft. Um, this, we can introduce you to people and kind of get that new circle of people that will make you have a better time. And that's kind of where I'm going with it and what I wanted to do. And obviously, not everyone wants to come and hang out with me. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um, so That's the option. Some Some might, and you might have a better life because of it. Well, that's a bit too grand, isn't it? You'll have a nice time, okay? And it's just something a bit different, and that's what we're here for, I think, Abraham.
1: Hey, Is it not to have a nice time? So, you mentioned earlier about you know you you've got the the two younger advisors, um, and this this thing that you you're pretty full but they they're not they're still taking clients isn't that a <laughs> an upside way upside down way of doing things right so again this is different than what I tend to see in the industry so that the they typically the senior advisor I don't want to use the word the older advisor but because it's not necessary but the senior advisor tend to drop. Again, I'm using all the wrong phrases here, right? All the wrong words here. But they tend to pass on their, uh, you know, least profitable client to the younger advisors so that they free themselves up to take, you know, more profitable or bigger size portfolio. Uh, Is that what's going on here? It doesn't strike me like that's what's going on.
2: Um, well, to a certain extent, because obviously I want them to be able to um, speak with people that are long-term clients, and then obviously I can get my long-term clients to tell me what they're like. Sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> um and So you have to extent, but I, you know, I love advising. That is what I'm good at. I'm not probably good at anything else. Um I love meeting people. Finding out about stuff, I do consider myself like Neo from the Matrix. I can see what what they should do when they're telling me, and I can concentrate then on the on the uh, the harder stuff, which is working out how we're gonna how we're gonna make them happy, and that's what I really enjoy. So, I also want um, the advisors here that we've trained up I want them to be able to to do that, and then. Um, be able to see um see the in people from perhaps stressed out nervous wreck to post-retirement at Lucent Boozing Club how relaxed they are and how much how much better they feel about life because if you just meet them once they're done <laughs> you don't see that change and I think that's there's a as a business and as a person, what I want to do is help change people to be
1: happier. <laughs> That's the big word, happy. All right. So I'm going to move from all of that wonderful stuff. Nice. Talking about people, the difference you're making into their, uh, in, in their lives to the dirty word, fees. Talk to me about how, you know, what, what the fee structure looks like.
2: Um, well, we have a financial planning fee, um, and then um, that's a flat fee, and then we, we show people what how we do it, how we work first before they're kind of on the hook with that fee, and then we have a percentage initial fee and ongoing as well. I'm kind of, I'm loving the flat fee thing, I'm working out how I way to transition to that in the next year or two so i'm totally on board with that it's just not sure how to do it yet but i'm getting there
1: but does it matter though i think we spend a lot of time hey, i mean as you know you know i'm, I'm a big fan of, of flat fee but you know the client you know the, the percentage fee the client know the, the client knows what it is they agree to it you report it to them annually um and of course you know if there's a conversation i mean people we always have that conversation about reducing fee right if the goal is a lower fee then of course you can, you can, you can agree something but other than that do you think we get too hung up on the framework flat versus percentage fee or, or not
2: Oh definitely, there's so much talk about it but I, I do think there's this assumption that people don't understand percentages and how they work but then I think it isn't that hard <laughs> <laughs> to work it out and they are presented I think we have we have to present them don't we in percentages and pound figures so I think people do understand um, I think it's a lot of talk about stuff that is quite a minor point and i think there's so much more struggle in people's lives Mm. and how they accept our service and do what we want to do um for their benefit and that's the big i think that's the big issue and there's so many more stumbling blocks um and fear about perhaps taking our advice from some people and worrying about how you present a cost, which is going to work out around the same anyway, isn't it? Um, Because that's what a a financial advice firm needs to exist. So So in in short, I do agree there is too much talk about it. I think there's lots of personality issues, how we need to work through those with the client instead.
1: Yes, indeed. I mean, it's 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 a segue. One of the things that we we noticed, sort of, you know, in this flat fee versus um, AUM fee debate, is that the point you mentioned, which is, it sort of works out around the same thing for the typical clients that that advisors serve, right? You know, if I mean, I guess if you have a lot of um, Nine figures? Is it nine figures? Sorry, I can't do maths in my head. Uh, sorry, seven figures clients, right? Then, then maybe you know it, it, it's skewed. But the typical—I mean, this is the thing—if you look at data on platforms, you know, even the rep—you know, the big ones. Say, let's say Transact, for instance. The average advised client has about two hundred and fifty thousand pounds right now some are going to be more maybe some less but it's sort of um you know sort of averages around that area and so you know uh, the fees tend to converge around the same again i know that there are outliers and and indeed um you know there are cases and scenarios um you know for that sort of thing but um Anyway, I'll get off my um, uh, eye horse about feet. Okay, so, right, so this is the junction I ask you about your tech stack. So tell me about, you know, the technology you use in the business today and what's frustrating you or exciting you about them.
2: <laughs> it is all eternally frustrating, I think. <laughs> um, I love it when something new comes available because I just have this, I just dream that it's all going to be perfect and work. And then obviously over time you start using it and you realise bits of it aren't that great. So I I know you're keen on the integrated side of it and getting it all integrated. I wonder if there's will from anyone apart from you. (laughs) to get this done so even the most basic stuff like how hard is it to get information from a back office system say into something else And we if we think about what we look at so we have voyant we use oxford risk we use timeline we use um intelligent office um fe analytics And they've all got a bit of linkage, but, you know, not a lot, (laughs) not a great deal where it's pretty much mostly going in, Um, I mean, I'm not um, just bigging you up here, but Timeline does have the best integration from Intelligent Mm -hmm. Office, where pretty much all of it goes in, which is a massive, a massive time saver and a head saver as well, like, pretty sure. My mental capacity has been reduced massively over and over again. (laughs) Perhaps the increase in dementia rates is due to lack of integration, I don't know. I'm not a doctor that's a study to be done
1: i think indeed that would be interesting the mental the mental wellness of financial advice impact of technology on the mental wellness of financial advisors so 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 i i guess the question is so you do you do you see the case right for integration or indeed this idea of um you know, all-in-one or most-in-one type technology or am I have I been backing off the wrong tree? You can tell me, right? (laughs) I know you will. Go on. I will. I'll tell you the truth, but I absolutely
2: do. So I don't... I really wonder what... Well, and most of these technology providers, have they just ever done, just for a week or a day, um, the job of financial advice and just see the amount of stuff you need to look at and then how using multiple systems and you I use them because I want the best answer
1: mm, mm.
2: and quite a lot. I notice integrations leads to not as good output on what I'm wanting. So and I would pay, I'd pay for this. I don't understand why they're so reluctant. Do it, I will pay to save this time, save the stress, save the, save the errors of my fat fingers typing the wrong stuff in. Um, I'm getting a bit passionate here because it's just so familiar. <laughs> Whereas, I don't know, I use other things in other industries, and you think, oh, that all seems quite, quite seamless and easy. And if you look at some of the amazing things that can happen, Outcomes all we can transfer is a date of birth and a name. Mm, mm. You know, it's more clicks to do that sometimes. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I've got the birthday. Thanks. That's a great help. Um, so it absolutely is vital and I'd love it if someone took the ball by the horns and said, right, let's go. So le-
1: let's talk about, uh, you know, my the, the next question then, which is about um, uh, investing, right? Investment proposition, right? So, now this is the junction. I ask you, tell me about your investment proposition. But I I know I know a lot about your investment proposition because I know that you use betafolio, and I was really surprised recently. You know, we we track um, asset from firms and things like that. And I was really surprised, you know, when we looked at your figures, and it was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I that is how I knew that you got a hundred plus million uh, of clients. I uh, said that you look after, and you know, for me in a way, it's a massive endorsement of what we're doing. You know, when when um, you know an advisor, uh, you know believe and agree with with it's a vindication of all my frustration in the industry uh, when i see that thing but there is a reason right there's a reason why you you chose beta folio and and you went in this direction so um why tell tell me what is it about about the proposition that you like that you don't like that works that don't work
2: oh uh, so back in 2009 and i went to the science of investing course with uh Dimensional uh, met met the most charismatic man in investments, Sam Adams, um, <laughs> and then um, so that's how I always invested. And then I was as we got bigger. So initially, I tried um, doing the individual funds, like in the portfolios, using Dimensional Vanguard myself, but I just haven't got the time um, the time to be doing that because. Not just because I'm out walking at a decent boozing club, but because <laughs> there's just so much else you do. And we need to be talking to people and explaining stuff to them. And that's, you know, that, that is the most important part of the job because clients don't understand. But we need to explain it properly. So messing about with funds and moving it around is just not something that I wanted to be involved with. I did read after that science invest, of investing course. I did read all of the academic papers it was based on. i actually quite like, like like doing that. Wish I could read them again. Um, and so I'm totally on board with that, and I under, understand how it works. And I've i kind i would kind of just been waiting for um, for something like Betafolio to come along in the in the way that I, I wanted it so as soon as I found out about it that was it from because I just wanted to offload that side of it and um, the investment side um, so that was it really soon pretty much as soon as I found out about it I was I was almost just waiting for for it to be available on some of the more
1: of the platforms so you rubbed your hands hands with glee, who Abraham? <laughs> <I get it. laughs> what, what what can we do better on? Uh, so you you've been using the service pretty much uh, you know since we uh, you know we came to the market uh, you know uh, you know just over two years ago. So publicly, you know, give me the criticism, give me the the bit that isn't quite working, or that we could do better at.
2: On. i think what you've got in in terms of your control center which isn't why i use you um isn't why i use beta folio, i use it because of the portfolios but kind of when you see something good you want more of it don't you yeah. so on the control center i see like i can see the drifts of all of my clients but only if they're on transact yeah <laughs> right so that kind of thing would be good to see um we use or four platforms it would be good to see across all of it and going back to linking I do worry about um, I don't worry about it but how the rebalancing works because I know all different platforms do it differently so when you reach the 10% drift well, I know that will trigger on one platform but on another platform there will be different start rates, start points, so um, I know that's not something you can do really because that's the platform side of it, And um, unless we moved everyone to one platform, which would be right, um, that might be impossible to solve. But in terms of the control centre, getting that better and where it perhaps downloads from platforms, which I know it's incredibly hard and it's e- easy to say, isn't
1: it? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. The, the, the integration side of things is, is just a, you know, so the bad news, right? The integration side in, in our in the entire industry, especially with platform, is just a massive bollock. But don't worry. I, I it, it's where we're spending a lot, a lot of our time and resources. Um, and so I am, I am confident, especially I mean, when it comes to things like tracking drift within portfolio within, within the portfolios and showing them on control center. Um, you know, I I think we've got that nailed and you will see a lot of that coming, um, you know, in the, in the, in the coming months uh, and stuff. Um, yeah.
2: Uh, So if I could turn that round on you, Abraham, say what? Sure. When you're talking with, with platforms, say, um, so I get to see their account manager and we both have a moan about <laughs> the lack of integration and you know it's just moaning and nothing's going to happen. But you're speaking to yes. them at a level where probably with decision makers, what is the reluctance? Is there a reluctance or is that just something I've...
1: No, I don't. I don't actually think it's a reluctance, right? Everybody seemed to acknowledge that this problem exists. The the issue is just outdated. A lot of the technology um, is right. So, you know, as you know, platforms were built, um, you know, for the most part, 20 years ago. The technology they're on, you know, was built 20 years ago. So that 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 wasn't built to talk to each other through this thing we call APIs, right? So, you know, application program, you know, these things, application programming interface. I have to say it because, you know, someone is listening who maybe doesn't know what API is and it's not a crime not to know. But my point is that, so they weren't built for the digital age. They weren't built to talk to other things. They were built to be able to send some information to back office system, using the old uh, CSV, but, you know, the the, the world's move on now. Now, so so a lot of platforms just don't have this API. Um, The platforms who've migrated recently to the latest technology, so, you know, let's say, you know, uh, Fidelity, for instance, um, a, a couple of others who've just moved to the newer... Uh, you know, platform technology that they're using. They haven't built out the APIs yet. So, and, you know, these these organizations are big, massive organizations. They have, um, you know, a million things that they're worrying about. So, you know, we have to find all sorts of different... There are platforms. There are a handful of platforms who do have an API. Some of the ones that you use, so, for instance, um, you know, Fundment, Especially the newer ones tend to to have APIs um, that we can connect to. Transact doesn't actually, uh, I'm trying to think we have a way that we can connect to, to, to Transact. It's not an API, it's the um, old bulk um, you know bulk transfer system, but it works, right? So uh, and so we're, we're doing that with uh, a lot of the platform a lot of the platforms you know finding these ways to connect with them some of them kind of um, you know walking around what is a data technology really it's just really hard not it? It, it, it it is it it is really hard right we're, we're working at it as as hard as we possibly can i am sure other people are um I say to advisors like you've done, right, I say to advisors, ultimately, um, in a way, part of a big part of the answer is just voting with your client asset, you know, you know, so to to the newer, more digital technology, but I, I accept that. That That's not right for every single client. And even if you just had have the odd client left in the platform, you still have to give that client your dedicated attention. And, and so the, it breaks down somehow in the process. It's also a, an incredible lot, incredibly a
2: lot of work to move people from platforms when you're looking at them individually. We probably moved half our people last year to a different platform. Mm. Yeah,
1: you know, it's tiring. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah. Anyway, let's try and wrap this up. So, you know, you've done an incredible job, uh, Steve, you and the team got the firm, you know, over 110 uh, 10 million of assets in 13 years, you know. So brilliant, brilliant job. 10 people in the team, 200 households. So, as you look forward the next shall we say thirteen years where 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 are you taking lucent? What do you see? um
2: so I just want to carry on with my people here getting them um to where they wanna be, so they're mostly in their early thirties um I'm looking at um placing the company into employee ownership in the next. In the next couple of years, so they can continue it on. I think I'll be around for another. another I'm 44 now, Abraham. Hey You're a baby. 15 years. <laughs> yeah, just my flabby face gives it, makes me look a <laughs> older. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I want to want to do that and give them. So I want it to carry on essentially. I think we do a great job for our clients, and I think. We do have an impact on them, not just money-wise, happiness-wise. And um, everyone's on board with that here. And I think giving them more responsibility where they can become part owners of the business is is what I want to do. So that's where my head's at at the moment. I'm kind of in that transition and that will come alive in the next year or two.
1: Should I pay the I play the devil's advocate. You know, so when I speak to financial planners, you know, they like the idea of employee ownership scheme, all this stuff, uh, running the, the firm um, you know, for time you know, for many, many years to come, until then they get tempted, you know, by a consolidator who comes waving a big fat check uh so that you can sail off to sunset. Uh Do you get tempted by this sort of thing?
2: What the weekly offer I get.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is it bog off?
2: (laughs) Well, I just don't think I could do it. I don't think I could possibly do it. Because I'm a massively contrarian person. I don't like the big outfits. Um, Something's lost in there. I don't want my clients to have to go through that as they're all switched over to some fabulous new portfolio, you know. And I know by saying this now on this podcast, this will mean it will never happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I don't think I can do it. And I I think I've been, I have denigrated the names of those that have for so long. (laughs) Um, For 10 years that I think I'd be selling my soul. I couldn't do it, and I don't need to do it, so it ain't gonna
1: happen. Yes, I mean, it, you so you bound yourself to a mask. You know, uh, but, no, jo- joking aside. No, I, I just, I, I see this actually in the in the profession. You know, especially in the in the in the world that you and I work in. This idea, you know, this evidence-based, low-cost, globally diversified portfolios. Um, you know great financial planning life planning and i just see this happen right where firms have built you know advisors like you have built such an incredible business you know that they love their friends with clients that you know in the business you know you got loose and boozing events all over, all over the midlands and all that stuff and it's such a big, big uh, shift. It's a hard thing for the planners to think about, you know, yes, you know, in this case, selling the business to a third party that they don't like, big, massive organization. So, of course, you know, you, you know employee ownership scheme is is one way to, to think about that. I am sure, I am hoping that there will be other ways where, you know, at least planners who are like-minded, uh, you know, can can do something and look after each other's clients. Am I backing up the wrong tree? No, not at
2: all. But I think um, you, you're right. We do become friends with our clients. But also the amount of time I spend saying to people, look, you're going to die worth a ton of money. Mm. What's the point? Mm. Right? Why aren't you doing whatever it is they want to do? Yeah, and then the number of times that you sit with people and something bad happened, like they've got some illness or something, and they're like they're knackered, mm. and for me to then go, well, this is what I want to do about the money after seeing that so many times, mm. and it's like heartbreaking.
1: Mm.
2: You know, it's like it's with someone today, it's just horrible, right? And I think. But people need to get this in their heads. You don't need that much money. You just need enough so you have a nice time. Mm. And going after it and doing things you don't want to do. But it ain't worth it. Don't do it. <laughs> That's my kind of opinion. Got got be emotional there, didn't I? Man?
1: Up on the video. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. And, and a great way to, to wrap up the podcast. Steve Rowe, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your journey on the podcast. I have thoroughly enjoyed the podcast. So thank you for coming on the show.
2: Thanks very much. (laughs)
1: remiss if i don't thank my incredible team who worked very hard to put this program together thank you thank you very much guys i'd like to thank our sponsors timeline app the retirement planning software and betafolio the high-tech low-cost flat fee model portfolio manager and you our listeners thank you for your time i hope you've had as much fun listening to the program as we have making it You can find more about the show at retirementals.co.uk and you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is AbrahamOnMoney. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.